Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Collicott. With new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month, catch Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. Welcome to the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast. I am joined by Imran Mirza and TJ Sutherland as we complete the third part in our Heroes in Film uh, series of podcasts. Uh, Hopefully, if you've not listened to our Spider-Man and Batman Film Heroes podcast, then do circle back and listen to those. Um, We'll wait for you. Don't, Don't rush. But today, we are doing Superman in Film. And... His many iterations, uh, the actors that have played him, and mm. who each of us believe is the one true Superman actor or their favourite film. So I am going to go to Imran Mirza first. Sorry, before Imran, before you jump in, we are going to touch on TV as well because I've got a, I've got a doozy for you guys. <laughs> no. I specifically thought I'd avoid it because because I knew you've got some fun. <laughs> Just <to> still one. <laughs> <laughs> what a freak. Uh, Sorry, Ryan, continue. This means we, we could we could spend about a week going on about Smallville. I can't do it. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Lois and Clark. Well, when I've got my section, you know, who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, only kidding. Uh, we will go. TV is allowed. But please not, uh, please not a long, long. Because I know, Imran, you have ten, ten years well. of Smallville. Yeah, ten years of Smallville. Imran, I can't believe that that went on so long. Jeez, he loves the OC. Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch OC. That was a good show. So I know. I, actually, I, know. Yeah, I, I really. Like <laughs> so, what is the question? I don't even know what we're talking about now. So, Batman. Okay, uh, here we go. Um, Batman. <laughs> Batman in comics, no. Uh, so, yeah, so I guess from your childhood, hopefully, I mean, maybe adulthood, what is your definitive, let's start off with your definitive Superman film. Oh, that's a great question. I, I def- Oh, I hadn't considered that one. Um, I would probably cite... Uh, my definitive Superman, Superman 2. What is that called? I knew it said Quest for Peace, but that's Superman 4, isn't it? I would say so. Yeah, what was... No. Superman 2. don't think it had a title. No, yeah, yeah, I think it was just I don't know, I had a title in my head. Yeah. Uh, Superman 2, which obviously leads into my, my favourite uh, on-screen iteration of, of Superman being um, uh, Christopher Reeves. Uh, I guess he was probably... Uh, our, all of our first kind of introductions to the the on screen uh, Superman, and um, I, I just he yeah he was just one of those uh, he played that role I think just tremendously well. Superman's really interesting. I think we need to really establish that kind of who Superman is. You know, he is literally he's the definitive superhero. He's the definitive comic book character. I would probably argue he's the most revered. A comic book character in the world he sets the benchmark of everything a superhero is supposed to be in terms of their you know boundless strength and uh, abilities but also that moral that unwavering moral compass you know and i think superman has always been that benchmark um when people say the anti-hero it's the anti-version of superman that we're, they're comparing against you know so i mean and you know he's the guy who you know, I, I don't think gets the credit for letting people know you can wear your underwear on the outside of your clothes. And I don't think he gets the credit for that, you know, but um, oh, that died. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, <laughs> but I, I would say I would cite Christopher Reeves as, as kind of my favorite. I think he, he had the, a, a really great uh, interpretation of, of Clark. Uh, I think he, he that kind of bumbling, um, uh, sweet, kind-natured guy uh, contrasted, you know, perfectly to this uh, incredible, uh, uh, powerful, confident, um, uh, again, just uh, sort of vision of of kind of perfection. Like I think, uh, 
having those two worlds clash the way they did in Superman two, you know, where he renounces his his powers and everything, I thought was was a was a wonderful story and uh, that's my definitive movie by my definitive superman i'd say so not not george reeves star of the 1951 superman haven't you done your homework very good are you you wouldn't be citing george reeves as the first superman though would you um no well I don't think no, so. No, he is, because he isn't. The first Superman would be Kirk Allen, which blew my mind on researching today from 1948. I had absolutely no idea. I thought George Reeves was the first on-screen Superman, but he actually was the second, which is amazing. I had no idea. There was a 1948 version. Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't that wasn't feature film, though, was uh, it? No, I believe you're right. It was a TV uh, thing. Oh, no, TV... We're talking TV as well. <laughs> it was an animated shorts, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yes, it was. Kirk Allen. Someone's been reading their Wikipedia. Oh. Kirk Allen wasn't an animated what? short. Was it? I don't know. Oh, no. We have to cut this. <laughs> in, in our sheer indecisiveness. I mean, let's face it, Superman has animated shorts. They just happen to be on the outside. Okay, his, you uh, just totally life. stole my underwear gag, but that's okay. Hey. That's, yeah, you trumped oh, it as well. But actually, before we, before we, you guys answer, what, what, does, what does Superman mean for you? Actually, let me rephrase that question, if I may, to sort of hijack it. What was the first iteration, I guess, for each of you? As not, not specifically your favorite, but what was the first iteration of Superman that you each uh uh you know saw and how did it inform your view of superman going forward of what superman should be going forward tj do you want to take that one um yeah i mean for me it would definitely have been um the christopher reeve um version and it was it personified the kind of clean cut heroic you know um, like you said, unwavering moral compass, all of that kind of stuff. And I think as much as I loved the film and um, loved Christopher Reeve's performance and thought, yeah, this guy's a proper hero, it also made me dislike the character somewhat. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Just because, and it's the, one, of the, one of my favorite bits, I'm trying to, trying to remember which film it was in, it's when he becomes the evil Superman. Three. three. In the three, yeah. And when that transformation happened, I was like, hello, this is a way more interesting <laughs> than than uh than clean cut um Superman. Um I I just thought that was a as a great and I actually thought it was a great um acting performance as well. The way he changed his whole yeah. demeanor and like yeah. and also um touching on Reeves' great performance as well. There's a lot of there's lots of little things that he did going from Superman to Clark yeah. Kent and back again in terms of the way he carried himself, the way he spoke. Obviously, there's you know when he's Clark Kent, he's the ner- like you, you got the nervous like geek kind of guy kind of guy, but little things like the way like his posture and everything like you could see like if you look at the two like the way he did all those tiny little things that just made that um, difference between the two characters so night and day. Um, it was just absolutely mm. brilliant, but yeah, um, Reeve was my was my kind of template for Superman, um, and then uh, Henry Cavill shat all over it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no, I'm really joking. I'm really there joking. was that amazing um, monologue in um, Kill Bill Two. Uh, where uh, Bill is talking about his affection for comic books and superheroes. And he talks about Superman and he talks about how he's the only superhero whose alternate ego, whose all, you know, uh, his fake ego is actually, um, alternate identity, sorry, not ego, uh, is Clark. Right. Like the actual person is Superman. That's, he is, you know, Kal-El. Yeah. But uh, him being yeah. a bumbling, uh, goofy, nerdy person is his view on humanity in itself being weak and pathetic yeah. i don't think i think you know superman yeah. i think the writers would say no that was never you know that was completely not superman but, but i love a, that perception it's a really interesting it's take, a brilliant it? yeah, take on exactly. it because yeah. you, you think you think about it like if the guy the guy wants to blend in and look anonymous when he's not flying around and, and leaping tall buildings in a single bound and going faster than a powerful locomotive <laughs> um and 
the way he does and the way he thinks that to blend in is to become this meek yeah. thing because that's how he sees humans as like your average human being as being which is yeah which is kind of fascinating mm-hmm. but yeah um yeah mr colicott what's your definitive superman well i guess i mean from a kind of generational point of view pretty much the same but i have to add that it <laughs> what what makes me laugh is uh one two and three I pretty much, I'm pretty sure, watched them, you know, Christmas on TV or Easter on TV. Whereas, well, not, I, num- not number four. <laughs> well, I went, went to see that in the, in the cinema. That was the oh, first wow. iteration of since of um, Superman with Nuclear Man, and that is yes. one of the most trash films. It's really bad, isn't it? In, in, in all of about? I mean, it's really good, isn't it? <laughs> who, who, who it's even a piece plays? of cinematic history. <laughs> Play Nuclear Man. I keep thinking it's Dolph Lundgren, but it's not. It's Sandra someone. Brony, I, don't know. I don't know who it was. Well, I didn't know if it was a someone who had done anything else. I, I had no idea. I don't think they did. But it, it, it was really funny because I remember when I went to see that we were kind of I don't know. We we're probably in the last throes of the Cold War, and it was interesting that you know this idea that all these. That, that Superman basically sent all these nuclear missiles into space. And I think it was Lex, Lex Luthor hid a package um, onto something, onto one of the space rockets or, I don't know. It's, it's such a ridiculous uh, concept. And this, this package then turned into Nuclear Man. Who was oh, nuclear Man was, nuclear he, Man was played by Mark Pillow. Mark Pillow, mm, I'll have to see. Oh. And the voice was, was done by Gene Hackman, which is weird. Gene Hackman was quite good, though. Wait, he did the voice of Nuclear Man. He did the voice of oh, Nuclear Man and Mark Pillow. What? Did he? Hey, what, are you, what, trying, what, to, are you trying to dispute Wikipedia? Because you are, my friend. <laughs> Step outside and let's have some words. Oh, my God. I can't remember if the nuclear, nuclear Man actually ever said anything. Um, I think he did. I, I, I don't. Oh gosh, I know. I can't remember. We're talking about Superman four way too much. I have to say. I know. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was very East European looking because it was at the time where you had a lot of a lot of the bad guys were either British or East European in in film of that time. But anyway, yeah. So I guess moving on from that, um, yeah, I kind of. I think Superman one and two were were quite good. Superman was Superman two with the Zod. the evil Zod, yeah, yeah. They they were fantastic yeah. from the Phantom Zone. Mm. Yes. Um, so I, I had a great affection for that, but I remember Superman three being a bit iffy because it had um, Richard Pryor in it, who I'm a big you know big fan fan of, and I remember. It, so many stories um, about him being particularly impossible to direct oh, really? and film. <laughs> that. Yeah, the thing about Superman 3 yeah. that I remember the most is obviously when Clark fights Superman, but that lady at the end that gets sort of cyborged, Oh, that yeah. used yeah, to yeah, yeah, petrify yeah. me as a kid. She was but Yeah, that freaked well. us. Oh, do you know what? I'm so glad that I wasn't the only one that. <laughs> like honestly, that freaked me years, out, man. man. That was really scary when she gets morphed yeah, into that machine remember... thing. Yeah, that really freaked. Like, and I remember watching it. I was like, "That that looks really unnatural. I don't like that." Turn it off. Turn it off. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just remember. Yeah, I remember being freaked out by that as well. I was just like, "What?" Yeah, it was not about it. Dan was. Like, he was yeah, licking the screen. Gosh, you horror fanatic. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I can't even remember it. I can't even remember it. But, but I think um, even though I kind of grew up with Christopher Reeve, um, I actually thought Brandon Ruth, Roth, Brandon Roth um, and Henry Cavill were particularly good. And I'm pretty annoyed at the moment because the whole who is Superman is completely up in the air because he's played by someone completely different in the um, the DC TV 
shows, even oh, though Brandon right, Ralph is playing another superhero like character in those. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't worry about that because none of that stuff's canon, is it? So, well, like they, they they don't they don't. I mean, they've had an odd. They, I think in the in the last crossover because Brandon Roos now left. Uh, what then shows that he was on? I think it was uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, um, and they had they had a multiverse storyline, and he actually played Superman again from an alternate universe, which is oh, kind of, of a kind of a nice send off for him. But yeah, I, I as much as they kind of have license to do whatever they want on those shows, kind of certain characters they're not allowed to touch. But for some reason they've been allowed to use Superman, but they're not allowed to touch Batman, no um, Flash. They had the, obviously the Flash show, but um, I think there's some of the villains in all that stuff, stuff like that. So, yeah. What did you guys think but, of Brandon yeah. Ralph? I mean, obviously, his he only made it as far as one movie uh, with Superman Returns. Um, fairly lukewarm reception, I think, if I remember correctly. I don't obviously didn't warrant a sequel. So it's just a boring yeah. film. It was it was a yeah. love, and I think it just had the wrong emotional weighting. Yeah, everyone really wanted an action-heavy um, Superman film. And I think apart from the bit, and we discussed this on another podcast, where he catches a falling yeah, plane. fantastic. Which is a really good, yeah, amazing sequence. Apart from that, there's nothing particularly memorable in it. Um, but that's nothing down to, you know, the actors. The actors, actors. yeah. I'm, I'm the same as well. I'm, yeah, I'm the same. I'm, I'm like... I, I think both of them are completely serviceable, but they've just been hampered by just some absolute dogshite films, quite frankly. Um, which is a shame because, you know, you look at two like very decent actors when they get lumped into that, that films like that, and it just kind of, I don't know. It's, it's uh, they try to do some interesting stuff with Superman in in the Carville films, but again, I don't know. Kind of missed the mark a bit. Bloody Zack Snyder, man. Um, <laughs> well, I think Man of Steel was okay. The problem, the only, the yeah. only problem with well, it was, that, that, yeah. I know, well, I think I know what you're going to say. Well, it, it was basically Matrix Revolutions too, wasn't it? It was just like, especially because we'd had you know Avengers <laughs> at that time, so we we were completely, you know, overwhelmed with films with cities being destroyed. Yeah, all the way. You know, in, in ridiculously large overblown action sequences. So I think Man of Steel kind of suffered from that. It's like, oh, it, was no. just, it was just completely daft, though. I mean, this guy's <laughs> supposed to be about you know protecting people and and saving lives and not killing anyone, and he does all the stuff that he is dead set against. He destroys and killed untold amount of people, which they kind of, kind of tried to address in um, Batman v Superman. So I give him a bit of credit for that, but. I've just got a text. It says from Imran, please, please, please ask me a question about Lois and Clark. <laughs> the TV series. I really love it. Oh, we'll get, we'll oh, get to geez. that soon. Enough. No, I oh, didn't. Oh, you get <laughs> a lot of kisses. Yeah. <laughs> what have I told you about those kisses, Imran, man? It's well in the program. Sorry, I'm, I'm just passionate. 2020, man. Rain that shit in. <laughs> <laughs> What does the year have to do with? <laughs> so, um, you know I, what that means. So neither of us we we haven't answered our our, our favourite film. We've both said so. I, I'm I'm saying I'm going to say Henry Cavill. To be fair, I really think he's the perfect Superman, even if the the kind of material that he's been, you know, able to work with has been a bit dodgy. But I would say he he is probably well. I'm, I hope he's going to carry on as Superman. And my favourite film is definitely Superman Two, which mm. I think Imran you said as well. Yeah, so yeah. I agree with yeah, I think I concur with Superman Two. And I actually, in fact, I think I, I align with you, Dan, because um, Carville is. Uh, the kind of Superman I think I would like to see, but in much better movies, obviously. Um, yeah, because he, he, again, he carries himself well. Um, they don't go too heavy on the, you know, Clark Kent 
kind of side of things, which I always found ridiculous for the Superman character. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of like as a modern day Superman with all the stuff that's gone on in the comics. I think, I think he he kind of fits kind of well. So um, I, I would like to see him carry on, but obviously in much better movies, hopefully. But this is. But- What do you guys think about in terms of, I suppose if you look at all the Superman films, sticking with films for a moment, um, so you have Superman 1 and 2, which I think are largely well received um, or generally regarded in, you know, a fairly good light. We have Superman 3 and 4, not particularly well received. You have uh, Superman Returns, Brandon Routh, not particularly well received. Uh, The Henry Cavill series of movies, you know, I think he was, as you say, dogged by just not great movies what do you think they're kind of the difficulty is in in telling a superman story like what what is it that they're just not able to kind of tap into because there's a lot of efforts here to to do this and more failures than successes um i'll, I'll go quickly i i think the problem is it's almost they keep rebooting it they keep they yeah, it, it, it's almost the same thing as in Spider-Man, where you have um, is Uncle Ben has to die, yeah. yeah, and inspire Spider-Man to become this morally perfect neighborhood, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And in Batman, you have to have um, his parents have to be killed, and etc. That's how Batman becomes Batman, and or he has to go away um, and fully get trained to become Batman. And it's a little bit like that. I think recent films, there's a lot of kind of, oh, we have to go back and and show everyone. um, uh, What's it called? What's his his homeworld? Krypton. 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 Krypton, that's it. I keep saying Kryptonian. But that is uh, yeah, the people are Kryptonian. That's what he is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So there's there's a lot of backstory and there's a lot of repetition, and obviously I think well, Superman Returns was 2006, and Man of Steel was six years later. Yeah, and I don't I don't think that's that bad. That it's it, it's not by today's standards, but yeah. well, in fairness, Superman Returns wasn't a reboot. It was a bizarre. That like uh, the fit, it was like Superman pseudo, two and a half, really, wasn't it? Because they yeah, it's it it kind of pseudo continuation of the original franchise, but not. really. I know that's such a bizarre. That's to me, that's that's a... doomed from the start. If you have a series of four films, you can't say right, we'll use one and two and insert a new number three, forgetting the existing three and four. I don't mean, on paper, that's just absurd. I mean, there's so many years in between those movies as well. Say they've just done that with Terminator, and obviously that failed. Yeah, we we talked about that before, and I uh, yeah, I think I cited Superman in relation to that Terminator movie that we discussed previously. I think it was our reboot conversation. Yeah, it's just a really confusing creative decision, though, because it's like some of the some of the stuff they put in there, like with this kid and and uh, you know, and he oh he's gone away and now he's Mm. come back. It's like what like none of that made any sense in correlation to anything that had come before or potentially yeah. anything they were going to, what were they going to do his kid growing up into like super teen or I don't know. It, it, none of it made any sense. It was just a really weird creative mm. decision. I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Mass- but I think, I think man of steel, I don't, I don't didn't hate man of steel. It, it wasn't particularly what I wanted it to be, but it was, it, it felt like, a nice starting point to, you know, Henry Cavill as Superman in X number of franchise films. I, I was kind of happy with it, even if it was by no means perfect and it crossed a lot of lines. I kind of thought, you know, this is good, this is okay. And then, back then, Batman versus Superman was just—I don't know—it was just Drizzling terrible. Shit. What? The drizzling shits. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one of the worst edited, strangest put together jigsaw puzzle of nonsense of film ever. And and Justice League, I think I fell asleep after twenty minutes. It was just um You did well. <laughs> I fell asleep. <laughs> it yeah. So 
But I love. Um, have you guys seen the um, the documentary about about the Nicolas Cage about Superman? Uh, I've not seen the documentary, but I've seen the pictures of him in the uh, in the suit and all that kind of stuff. And he's really buff, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> It's so, incredible the the story behind that, um, and the fact that it had, you know, Tim Burton was involved. Was it Sam Raimi as well? No, it was going to be no, Tim Burton, Burton who was going to direct it. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, yeah, sorry, it was Tim Burton. Nick Cage. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Raimi was involved because there's about fifty directors and about twenty scriptwriters who all got involved. Because um, it was. Um, that was before the Brandon Ruth one, wasn't it? That was it was it was American, that, yeah. And and a lot of if you if you've seen the film uh, Wild Wild West, yeah, um, yeah, a lot of what happens in that film apparently was was meant to happen in uh, Superman Lives, <laughs> the giant wow. spider and all that kind of crap. Anyway, yeah, we're getting off topic, but um, yeah, it's a good point. Um. I thought I could actually answer your question, Iman, of why Superman has sort of faltered so wildly, but really, there's no, there's no excuse. It just, yeah, so um, definitely I mean, there. Yeah, I mean, I, in terms of, so the question was, um, what, why is it so difficult for people to get a Superman film right? I think it's because, I mean, to my eyes, um, especially nowadays, it when you think about the character, and this is a concern that I had with Captain America when they were going to do that character as a film, is if you're talking about this, and as much as he's from Krypton, he is like closely associated with America and, you know, truth, justice, American way and all that kind of stuff. Uh, And you start going into that kind of uh, nationalistic kind of uh, character that's a hero of a nation um you know how do you sell that into an international audience without it coming across super corny or super cheesy um i think we kind of got away with it in with the first couple of superman movies because you know superhero movies weren't uh that big a thing and the 70s were arguably probably a more innocent time so you can kind of get away with do, doing doing um some, a character like that but with today's audience it's probably a lot tougher and I think they've I think you know I agree with Dan Manor still kind of was around about a right tone for it I think um but where it's gone off the rails I, I think is just where Warner Brothers have just tried to do too much too quickly mm, as opposed yeah. to again you mm. know keep quoting uh, Kevin Feige and, and Marvel as the, you know, as the blueprint, well, because they are essentially, um, you know, they gave their films time to breathe. They did their, you know, their solo movies, gave each character, you know, a little bit of time to be introduced to the audience and just built it slowly and steadily. See, that's Whereas, a really good point, because if you think of Iron Man, like yeah. for me, Iron Man 1 was pretty good. Iron Man 2 and 3 weren't that great at all. Uh, they're not particularly good films. They're okay. Um, but, you know, Marvel kind of just let let that franchise carry on and build towards the Avengers and everything. It's, it's, it's the same with the Thor films as well. The Thor films were okay, not nothing special. But I think when you're doing something like that where you're trying to build um, something and get people invested in these characters give each character, especially big characters as well, a chance to breathe and a chance for people to kind of get their head around it and, and be introduced and, and grow to love these characters. Um, and, you know, they did... They, they could did have done with Brian Singer if they just let him do, you know, his sequel to Superman Returns. With Superman Returns, as we discussed, it was a bit boring, but it wasn't terrible. Okay, it mm. didn't make sense to have the continuity it did but hmm. it wasn't you know it, it it kind of laid enough of a foundation for them to continue on with more superman films but they i don't maybe didn't i don't think it financially did what they thought it would but no, the fact that they then moved on to 
you know, rebooting um, Man of Steel. And rather than, again, as you said, kind of allowing that to kind of breathe a little. Well, the thing they, is, I don't, I don't mind them rebooting. I, I, I didn't mind the reboot to Man of Steel because I, I didn't mind the Man of Steel movie. But hmm. if you were going to do that, let that be the start of something that you're going to grow into a bigger universe. Let that be the catalyst. So, but what they did was they did Man of Steel and then they rushed into, you know, a few years later, a film with him and Batman, all in like, and then introduced Wonder Woman as well. And then it just, you know, like, it, it can, yeah, it, it conflates everything. And then you start rather than doing, you know, I'd have preferred if they'd have done, uh, you know, a Superman, uh, the Superman movie, then done a Batman movie. And I know Batman's been done to death, but, you know, give us a chance to be introduced to, to, um, uh, Affleck's Batman, um, yeah. and then do a Wonder Woman movie, and then do if you want to do like a Justice League or a crossover two of them, or do like a Flash movie or something like do two or three solo films. So you know the reason why it worked for Marvel is because you know well I mean it, it, the, that's the funny thing and the most frustrating thing for me as well. It's not like they were broaching new territory. You'd already had Marvel lay a ground uh, lay out the groundwork to say, hey, this is how it can be done and this is how it works and it's been successful and you know they had all these you know the examples of what the way to do it there and they just decided to uh, for whatever reason just like rush through stuff in the space of what was it four five years between Man of Steel and Justice League and you've introduced um, Flash uh, what's the group Flash Wonder Woman Batman um, Cyborg. Who, sorry? Cyborg? Cyborg, yeah, sorry, Cyborg. Aquaman. Um, uh, Aquaman, and yeah, so you introduce like five huge characters. Aquaman, you know, got the whole city of Atlantis storyline, all that kind of stuff. They could have, they could have, they could have um, turned into it. Well, they did make the film of it uh, after the fact. But so, yeah, it's, I, I mean, the reason why Superman films just haven't worked is just because they've just they've just dropped the ball massively and they've, um, they've squandered a chance to build um, on something that started out all right. It wasn't perfect by any stretch of imagination, but it was okay. Carville was decent. The movie, despite masses of property damage and loss of <laughs> life, um, was all right. So, you know, while I, yeah. I agree with everything... Uh, that you just said it's funny because harking back to our last episode we talked about the spider-verse which technically they did what we're we're saying just uh, warner brothers couldn't do in that they introduced everyone into this one spider-verse movie we have the all these alternate versions of of spider-man which in theory you could have argued well we should see gwen stacy's movie we should see miles's movie we should see uh, nick cage's spider-man movie and then bring them all together but spider-verse actually introduces everyone at the same time and does it masterfully we don't get full backstories of everyone of course but and apparently there's i for last i heard that they're, they're they're doing solo movies for everyone which is great but the mm. the anticipation for those movies is i imagine very very high but you know, on paper, I would have thought, don't do it. But again, Spider-Verse kind of proved it can be done, but it's very, very hard, and you have to do a very, very good job, which Warner Brothers, obviously... But you know why it worked? Say that again? Yeah. But do you know why it worked um, and the, the the Superman approach didn't? Well, one storytelling was significantly better than the other. Well, <laughs> apart from the, the obvious reasons, I think it's because... For many people watching that soundtrack, yes, <laughs> and that, yeah. for many people watching that Into the Spider Verse movie, those characters, most of the characters, were fairly niche or new to 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 the audiences that were experiencing them for the first time. So I don't feel like I was as invested in the characters in all these different iterations of Spider Man. As I would be, I don't know, something, someone like Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, um, who you know, who you know are big characters. Well, yeah, who are, but I doesn't that defeat your your argument? Because if I mean, were you would you watch standalone movies of the people that you meet in Spider Verse? 
the um, Nick Cage character, the um, uh, the, 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 the the pig version, the, the anime version. Would you watch the Gwen Stacy version? Would you watch standalone movies of that of, of each of them? I okay, I I, I get what you're saying, but I kind of I get what Dan's saying as well. I think I think as a and I guess it depends on your viewpoint as a fan of comics or superheroes or whatever. Like, I would have liked to have seen what they were doing with these characters whose names I knew before just throwing them all into a movie. Whereas with the Spider-Verse stuff, it's like, I don't really know that character, but they seem quite cool. I'm not that bothered that I don't know that much about their backstory mm. because the film's enjoyable anyway, if that mm. makes sense. But I think... It's, yeah. It sounds a little bit... It sounds a bit... Yeah. It sounds a little bit hypocritical, but I think at the crux of it, the movie, the Spider-Verse movie was much more enjoyable to watch, whereas the Warner Brothers DCU movies haven't been. Yeah. I think that's the only, that, in my mind, that's the only difference that I can ascertain between the two as to why it it's been harder to watch them. Baggage. It just didn't have as much baggage, I think. It was... Yeah. Something also, so, so new and refreshing and different that yeah. I think look at the pretty colours. Yeah, people were more forgivable, and also I think the audience was different. I think quite a lot of um, you know the the people that would have gone to have seen Batman versus Superman isn't necessarily the same audience as the people who would have gone to have seen an animated movie, even though. I know, you know, we as fans w- would have, you know, would have crossed over and seen both. I think that the big buck, the big money kind of family audience probably wouldn't have gone to see um, Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, yeah, probably. Whereas, yeah, I think. And also, and also, think about it this way, man, as well. Like, which character were you... Okay, when you watch Into the Spider-Verse, you, you were quite emotionally invested in Miles Morales, mm. right? Yeah. yeah. Name me one character in any of the DCU movies from the Man of Steel to Justice League that you're actually emotionally oh, no, invested no. in. Apart from that's, no, no, that's... Apart from Wonder <laughs> Woman for, that, that's, that's specifically <laughs> my point. No, no, my, that's my point. I would never have said... Right, okay. my, my point is that, Mark, that Spider-Verse proved it could be done. And I'm saying yeah, DC yeah. didn't, it, that they were completely incapable of pulling it off. So my, my that's, which is exactly yeah. my point. I'm by no means, I'm, I'm not by no means defending uh, what Warner Brothers right, right, yeah, what yeah, yeah. did because it, it, was, it wasn't good. I mean, I could, I could literally spend a, a, an entire hour bemoaning Batman versus Superman. And what, what upsets me yeah. the most about it is, well, not upsets me, but what bugs me the most about it is I think that there's, there was potentially a great movie in there, but they they just thought of the next three movies and overpopulated that film with just absurd, absurd uh, uh, elements and storytelling uh, parts that just, you had to strip all of it away and find the core of, of this, this feud. And they, they just didn't do that. But no, my, my only point was that Spider-Verse proved that, that, that process of introducing everyone in the first movie could have worked, but DC were absolutely Mm. capable of of pulling it off. I guess as well for me, like I'm outside of maybe a, a Gwen Stacy, I'm not really that bothered about seeing any more about any of the other characters that were in that film. They were just, kind of side characters to me whereas with the stuff in the dcu it's like i know wonder woman's got a rich, tap- a rich tapestry of story i want to know more about it i know aquaman's got a rich tapestry of story i want to know more about it so again from and maybe that's just me because because i know comics and i know superheroes so um but i feel cheated that i didn't get the experience or the level of storytelling that I got from the MCU introduction movies. And that's not to say I learned anything new from the Captain America movie or from the Thor movies or the rest of it, but it gave me a chance to sit down and take in and soak in, okay, what's this version of Thor like? What's, you know, why should I care about this version of Thor? Why should I care about this version of, um, you know, Captain America, you know, all that kind of stuff. I never got that with, uh, Batman mm. or Wonder, well, Wonder Woman eventually because Gal Gadot is a goddess and I'll hear no wrong <laughs> But, um, you know, I didn't get any of that 
from Aquaman. He's got a few quips. Cool. Flash. He's a nervous kid. Cool. But I know nothing about them. And yet I'm supposed to give a shit that they're in this massive battle against this weird thing. Well, I don't can't remember who they battled in that film. Uh, uh, oh, it doesn't. Who cares? Um, was it no, Doom? it wasn't Doomsday. It was Doomsday was in Batman v Superman. Oh, I thought you were um, talking about Justice League. No, in, in Justice League was um, oh. Steppenwolf. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. Do you know what bugs me about that is like the film, like Justice League, is just, it's not a good film. But the way that there is now this online clamoring for release the Snyder Cut, and it's oh, like, why Snyder are you cut. cheering for this film? It won't be good. It won't be good. And it's like four hours, apparently. And it's like, no one's going like, to say this was a like genius like movie. Dog died. It's like your dog died seven years ago and you're like, no, no, we can bring it yeah. back to life. No, <laughs> but the way people, but the, there is this bizarre wave of online support for releasing this film. And it's like, well, based on what? Based on the brilliance of the original Justice League movie, based on Batman versus Superman. On what basis do you want this movie out? I just don't understand. Well, I think the logic behind it, and I mean, obviously I'm going to watch it because I'm just massively curious now and I'm a sucker for dumb shit. Um I think the logic behind it is because Snyder had to um, depart the movie quite deep into the uh, into the process. Um, a lot of things were removed or cut or changed from the movie that changed the whole tone. Yeah, of the film. Um, the and the guy, the Firefly guy, what was his name? Uh, uh huh. The guy who. Who did? Who directed and made Firefly? Oh, uh, Joss Whedon. Yeah, who's also didn't he do Avengers? Yeah, uh, one yes. and two. Uh, Joss, Joss Whedon did. Joss Whedon do Justice? No, did he finish that off? Yeah, he, Justice think, League. I'm, he did. Yeah, they parachuted him in, and he was supposed to be finishing <laughs> off. So it's a bit odd that he, I don't know, he changed it so radically from whatever. Snyder. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of that came from um, a lot of that came from the studio. Like there was a lot, a bit of studio intervention as well on on top of um, the just the general changes that I guess any director would have come in and done. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm 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 curious to see just how extensive the these changes are. Because there is a lot of talk about, you know, really changing the the pacing and um, the, the logic of the film as well. Um, Maybe we should do a podcast on it. We should all watch it and then talk about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, um, I, have to say, and- I have to make one point that um, I think both of you touched on. That is, it, it's incredible that, in my opinion... Not not only is is as Imran said, Superman is the definitive superhero. Above all else, I think he he stands tallest and proudest as the the first superhero you think of when someone actually says the word superhero. But not only that, I think the the nineteen eighties films with Christopher Reeve were probably the first um, superhero action films. That, that that ever came out on, with the scale and the budget that they did, and that the money they made, so they actually set the blueprint for everything that followed. So it's almost kind of ridiculous that that blueprint was used to great success by Marvel, but for some reason, well, I suppose you could argue some of the X Men films aren't aren't are quite good, but overall, you know, Warner Brothers laid the foundations and then built a, you know, a tower of shite. And you just think, how could you, how could you manage that when, you know, you had the building blocks there for the definitive, perfect action superhero film? Anyway, just wanted to make that point strongly. Yes, no, I, I well, I agree. I mean, I, I don't know what the... The difficulty, I guess, I suppose, is in in telling a story. I mean, when we've talked about there was it Superman, was it Superman Lives, the Nick Cage one? I mean, there is, a, yeah. I believe, the Kevin Smith script is online, 
uh, I don't know if it, you know, you, you never know what to see online. It could be written by someone else, but um, uh, I've read it and it, it's really exciting. It's, it, it seems like it would have been really, really good. Um, but obviously it just sort of didn't come to come to pass, but I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't know where to go when, when creating, if you had to start a Superman movie from scratch, very, very difficult thing to do. Uh, obviously, because obviously there are so many failed attempts at it and it's hard to know what, well, no, I don't think that's fair to say in terms of what people want. I mean, it, it, you've got to just tell a good story and you've got, I'll tell you what to do. Do whatever Zack Snyder wouldn't do. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> but it, it's weird. I mean, one of the one of the things I noted between um, nineteen so so nineteen eighty seven was Superman four Quest for Peace, and then there was a gap till two thousand and six before another Superman film was made, largely because. I think Superman Lives sat in development hell for a ridiculous amount of time. But in between, there were three TV shows that were that were very successful, which I know, TJ, you're itching to talk about. <laughs> um, but there was... Let me run my hands. First, there was... I don't even know what it was, but the first iteration of Superman the TV series, um, which then became, later on, became Lois and Clark. And then following Lois and Clark, there was the the (laughs) never-ending, horrible soap opera nastiness. Longville. Longville, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Way too long. That was the longest fucking TV show that ever existed. Oh my god, I forgot that. No, I was just gonna say. I I remember I started watching it. I was like, oh, this is a cool idea. And then, like, I was just after a while. I was like, this has been going on years now. I can't be honest with it. And then, like, I left, like, stopped watching it for a lot, like, a long, long, long time. And then one time I caught it, and I was like, oh, it's supposed to be reruns. I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) guys, like. 45 years old. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) And this is a new episode. What is going on? The weirdest thing about it was that they they had said from the start it was, you know, to be rooted where it was in that era of pre-Superman. And, you know, so then I think the the famous rule that they said was no flights, no no flight, no tights. So he would never actually become Superman. Oh, yes. But it was so weird because near the end, there were many years I didn't watch it. Um, and then did he get a job in like, Central thing. City? He's, working, like, he's he was... in Metropolis now. He he works. <laughs> he's in a relationship with Lois Lane. He works for the Daily Planet, and he's still he's forty five years old and still isn't Superman. <laughs> he's got he's got a mortgage. He's got pension. It's like this doesn't make any sense. Just put the freaking cape on and continue your show. It's just so bizarre that they just refused to pull that plug, but proceeded in every way that they could uh, within the story. It's incredible. It did the classic thing that, that Gotham also did, where it's like, not only do you have to have the, the you know the young version, whether it's I don't know teenage or young adult version of a, a famous superhero, but you also have to have the same villains, and they're all young, and they're all mates. I mean, I mean, <laughs> God, Smallville was terrible because um, they were all mates with Lex Luthor, and it was it was very much an origin story of Lex Luthor mm. as much as it was Superman. Mm. But you know, it, Gotham was the same. It was like, oh, well, you know, here, here's a young, you know, twelve year old uh, Batman, and oh, look, there's a. There's an 18-year-old um, penguin and a 20-year-old Riddler. But there was um, the the Smallville comics did feature a young Lex as well, didn't it? I, 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 I might I'll, I'll look it up and I'll cut this if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly definite because I remember thinking, why would you put Lex in there? Because clearly he's worlds apart at this point. I would have thought, but I believe there was a Smallville comic series and it did feature Baby Lex. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to the brilliant Michael Rosenbaum. I think when in those early seri- series of that show, I thought he played a Lex, you know, uh, excellently. Yeah. I thought he was a he was an excellent. Lex. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, he was, you know he's got a twin brother who 
who's also oh god here we go looks like the same. Right. I don't, they're just weird he's, he's, this isn't a joke he has oh, a twin okay. I thought you were you were going to punch line of something it's just you know just imagining how intense it is to have two Lex Luthers. That was kind of what I was saying. <laughs> I have to I, say, I, 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 go on. I, just, sorry, just guilty right pleasure. I did like Dean Kane Superman. I did like that. It was Superman all right. It was for its era. It was a great show, yeah. yeah. And for it to run as a... Yeah. And actually, outside, outside of the movies, I'd say that's probably the one that was quite formative of my, my uh, Superman... Um, experiences in terms of like on-screen um, experiences, but I made a, I made a discovery today or something that I had no idea existed um, prior to Lois and Clark. I think this is what you, you touched on this uh, as you were talking about them. Dan was the uh, Superman-inspired TV show that aired before Lois and Clark from nineteen eighty-eight to nineteen ninety-two. But with um, in it? No. Oh. It was uh it was called Superboy. Oh god. Oh, and it's oh man, I've got to send you there's a there's um or the trailer of the all the intros for it, it so this is this appears to be because I was looking on a few different forums and stuff like that, because I was like, how did I never ever hear about it? It ran this? for four years. Like when I was a, it ran for four seasons, yeah, from eighty eight to ninety two. And and this would have been when I was like, you know, in in my early teens, and you'd think I'd be watching a shitload of TV, so I would have caught this. Um, but yeah, this show called Superboy, um, and there's a like I say on YouTube, there's a um, uh, someone's put together all the different intros from all, all the different seasons, so you can see it, uh, see how it changed over time, and. It's the weird. It's the weirdest thing when you watch when you watch the intros because obviously it spans the four seasons or however however many had, and it obviously starts off with him as a teenage kid and he's he's wearing the tights and the cape and all and the whole shebang and he's flying and all that kind of stuff. So it's like okay, so this is actually Superboy, but as it goes on, I think the actor ta- the actor changed from season one to season two, and he was still kind of you could you could argue you might have been like. I don't know, late teens in season two. But then as you watch the trailer, the intros to like the next couple of seasons, it's like, okay, this guy's like 32 <laughs> years old now and you're still calling him Superboy. <laughs> like the guy's working in Metropolis. He's like got a suit on. <laughs> like Lois is like this big grown woman. And you're like, why is this guy still called Superboy? I don't, I don't get it. Um, but yeah, this, this, this show aired and it was, and it was the precursor to Lois and Clark. Um, it so apparently the the reason why it disappeared and appears to have never been seen again, why a lot of us know, don't know about it, is because when Lois and Clark was in pre production, um, the company uh, forget who owned the rights to it. Um, they issued a cease and desist to the guys who were airing the Superboy um, show. And got them had got them to can the show, and they weren't allowed to like the reruns of it or anything like that, and it just disappeared into the ether. So unless you actually watched it first time out the gate when it when it aired, which is probably why we didn't see it over here in the UK, because it would have aired in the US. And normally with stuff like that, we then get like reruns of it later on down the down the road when ITV or BBC get the rights to it. But yeah, got canned. No one ever saw the never saw the light of day again. Wow. Wow. Um, Apart from on YouTube, I think you might be able to catch a few episodes here and there. Four years, but, though. Yeah, I was, I was. Yeah, and you think like that's a big show, like to last four years, and it obviously must have done relatively well. Um, but yeah, they decided to go in a different direction and um, can a lot of them. But it's, My, I, I, I just found right. it hilarious that they just they started off with Superboy, and it was, and it was it fit for what looked like the first season. And then as you get into later ones, like, dude, you can't be running around calling yourself Superboy anymore. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> um, I would say shout out to Imran. You had got it right. The Kirk Allen serials. So he had live action films um, 
in the in the nineteen forties and nineteen fifties. But before then, there was animated shorts in the forties. But it doesn't actually. I've just looked this up. It doesn't actually say who played Superman in the animated um, shorts. But yeah, Iman, you were spot on. The first live action film starred Kirk Allen. There we go. Superman. Super cool. Oh god, that's terrible. So I've decided just got one more one more text from TJ this time. It says how how can we get through an entire episode without mentioning Supergirl? <laughs> well, it's shit. Not really. <laughs> I say that I actually watch it quite a lot. <laughs> well, because well, actually, I can tell you why. Because she's not Superman. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Well, that's a good that's answer. good answer. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was actually not being not sorry. Apologies, I'm not being trying to be sexist or anything like that. The subject is Superman, so there you go. We'll do Supergirl another time, I'm sure. In fact, we should do a DC TV characters thing one time, like huh? Flash, the Flash, League of League of No, not League of. What are they called again? Legends of Tomorrow. All that, all that gubbins. God. Yeah, we could do, could do. But yeah, I was actually talking about Supergirl, the TV series, which not not TV series, so film that came out in 1984. Oh yeah, that is shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was right the first time. <laughs> the amazing thing it had um, Peter Cook in it. Comedian, British comedian Peter Cook. Was about, uh, <laughs> that was funny. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think on that bombshell, no. <laughs> uh, we should probably wrap up our Superman film and TV episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, thanks to Imran and TJ. I'm just babbling just for the fun of it, just just to keep your. I thought you were going to keep on doing the song. Never mind. Anyway, thanks everybody. Take care. See you soon. Cheers. Bye. Thank you.
Welcome to the Close Encounters of the Third Kind podcast. Fourth. And we... Oh, fuck me. <laughs>